Well, hey, good morning, Center Church. I'm so excited that you're here, and I get to share the space with our friends down at New Life in Wayland, and they've graciously provided us while we're kind of in this transition phase. It's funny, though, because you're watching this, and it's July 4th weekend. July 4th weekend, in my opinion, is one of the best weekends of the summer. You get to spend a little bit of extra time with family and friends. You get to eat a lot of good food. Hopefully, you do some fireworks and, and get near water at some point. In West Michigan, July 4th is awesome. July 4th really, as you all probably know, is celebrating independence, celebrating freedom. It's celebrating the fact that in America, uh, the dream for God's kingdom can also be realized. And I think about July 4th as being an incredible celebration of independence. But spiritually speaking, uh, independence can be a bad thing. Now, in our country, it's a good thing. In society, it's a good thing. Even in culture, to some degree, independence is a healthy thing. But spiritually speaking, independence can be fatal. It can erode our soul. It can ruin God's best for us. And I'm reminded of the celebration of independence of July 4th because the last couple of nights, I've fallen asleep to fireworks in my neighborhood. Apparently, we have a lot of pyros that live nearby. So independence is, again, something we want to celebrate on this weekend, but spiritually speaking, there's a better way. There's a different way to live. And as I'm joining you in celebrating this weekend, I want to cause us to think about it a little bit differently. Enter this word Sabbath. Sabbath is the ancient Hebrew word and actually begins in the story of creation. Now, I know what you're thinking when you say Sabbath. What does Sabbath have to do with independence? Well, Sabbath is not just some old-fashioned thing. Sabbath is not just reserved for if you're a Jew or not. And you may be thinking, okay, I take a couple vacations a year. Why do I possibly need Sabbath, this set-aside period of time to rest and recharge? I want to take you to Genesis 2. In Genesis 2, God begins the creation narrative and, and how He forms our world with rest. Check it out in Genesis 2. If you have your Bibles, I want you to read along with me. Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and read this with me, made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The very beginning of Scripture starts out with God consecrating time, setting aside not a place, not an event, not a marker on the calendar, but actually a time itself, a day to rest and to recharge. And even God himself does this. The first thing he designates as holy is actually time. Now, fast forward centuries later, the Israelite people are freed from hundreds of years of oppression and slavery and, and hard work in Egypt. But look what the command is in Exodus 20. Uh, you may be familiar with this in the Ten Commandments. This is what the, the Lord says. He, he commands them, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea 
and all that's in them, but he rested. He stopped. He paused. He practiced a Sabbath on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. Read this again with me. He made it holy. Exodus 20 was a guideline for the Israelite people to live and flourish in the wild. In a time where it was uncertain, they knew that God was with them, but they weren't sure how he would be with them. And he gave them these anchoring practices. And we've talked about these. He gave them the practice of celebration, of fasting, of first fruits, of giving, and of Sabbath. These anchoring practices. And the phrase that jumps out to me in Exodus 20, and maybe you caught it, is the phrase, but he rested. He rested. Even God practiced a Sabbath because Israel themselves, they were rescued from a constant work cycle. Let me be honest, we may work hard in our society. You may work some crazy hours every single week just to bring money to your household, to pay rent, to put food on the table, but none of us have worked for 400 years nonstop. That was Israel's experience in Egypt. 400 years of toil and labor and slavery, and harassment, and persecution. This was their experience. God redeems them out of this, and that's where the word Exodus comes from, and reminds them, take a Sabbath. Practice rest. It was a communal commandment. God didn't want his people to forget, because he knew that if, you, if we forget, if we fail to remember his goodness in our lives, we ultimately drift into independence. We were created for dependence. And God knew this, so he gives them this command. You may remember this. In the early 90s, undercover film crews snuck in to different portions of former communist states. And they found in these communist countries these mass orphanages. And in these orphanages, they were often greeted by children. Tons and tons of of children, but instead of seeing children playing and laughing and jumping and, and waiting to be adopted, they found children that barely resembled human beings. I went to one of these orphanages about 15 years ago, and what I saw sobered me. I was going to show you a picture, but honestly, to show you this would, would probably wreck you emotionally like it can me. When you step into these orphanages, you see children that, again, are frail, they're fragile. You can't really tell their gender. They shake. They're mentally unformed. It's hard to tell what ages they are. And in places like Romania and Russia, the country I lived, Azerbaijan, this was taking place. Psychologists began to take an interest in this and figure out why is this that they just don't resemble other human beings. They found one common denominator in all of these orphanages. It was the lack of human contact. It was the lack of a loving mother or father. It was the lack of a loving nurse or orphan, orphanage director. Just they had barely experienced human touch, some of them for decades of their lives. They called this idea the lack of attachment figures and found that when we don't have meaningful human contact, we disintegrate as people. 
our minds decay, our bodies become disformed. What I think is interesting is as you read those stories, and I read an article about this just last week, which triggered my thinking, and I was trying to think, why is that so moving to me? Why does that make me so disturbed? And I got a glimpse, I think, from the Lord this last week on that. I started to think about it. I thought about my experiences. I read some articles, saw some news clips, and saw the videos from the early 90s with, from shows like 2020. I think what moved me the most, or what moves me the most, is that that is exactly what our souls are like when we don't Sabbath. When we don't make meaningful time to connect with our Creator, when we don't make contact with our Heavenly Father, our souls erode. We get cut off spiritually. We begin to think more independent, more self-serving, we become more anxious, more worried, more desperate. And we lose sight of what God has created us for, which ultimately is life-giving relationship with Him. That's what Sabbath is. That's why it was created. Part of why COVID, the, the, the stay-at-home order season, was so difficult and frustrating for me personally was the lack of that relational contact. I mean, as a pastor, I thrive off that. And, and I was immediately robbed of it. And preaching to a camera has a lot of uses. And if you're joining us online, I'm so really grateful that you're here. But for me, that was a very difficult realization to go with for months. That's why I'm so excited for next weekend. That we're going to gather together in our outdoor service on July 12th. Like, I'm looking forward to that. Our team is planning and excited for that. But that lack of contact is why Sabbath is essential. See, when I, I Sabbath well, I remember well. Would actually take time to practice a Sabbath, to set aside from the work and the hustle and the busyness of my ordinary life and say, God, you are first. I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you a section of my week and allow you to, to recharge me and to speak to me and to love me again. See, if I'm totally honest with you, my temptation is not to drift into being a workaholic in this time. Like summer for me is not a temptation to put my foot on the gas and go hard and forget um, all my response, or to just put all my relationships aside in order to work. Actually, my temptation right now is to be a little bit lazy. It's to be passive. It's to kind of lick my wounds of the past couple of months. And maybe you're tempted that way. Maybe your temptation, even now this summer, is not to run your business with the culture of Sabbath. Is not to allow the people that you employ to have moments of rest and have time off and, and to experience God in that way, maybe your temptation is to work seven days a week. Maybe you feel the crunch and the pressure of the bills coming into your mailbox and into your email, and you just keep working and keep grinding at the expense of your soul. Remember, God rested. God took time off. Maybe your temptation is to let your, your kids' impending schedules this summer and this fall to rule your life and to run your calendar God rested. God set us on a different path. That's why for Israel, it was so profound because no other religious system of the day practiced Sabbath. Literally, they were the only ones. And in an agrarian society in which you're literally farming the land and your economy runs off agriculture, to stop working for a full day a week made absolutely no sense to the cultures around them. And probably doesn't make sense to our culture today. 
But God gives us this command and this invitation to Sabbath in order to remember him and practice real life dependence on him. It's kind of why I'm reminded of Sabbath every time after church on a normal weekend. I'm like, you know what sounds really good? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A sounds so good. So uh, our house is only a couple minutes from Chick-fil-A. So drive there on Sunday at, Sunday after church and then I find the parking lot's empty. This has happened more than once. And then I'm like, duh, Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. Have you ever thought about how much money Chick-fil-A would make if they opened on Sunday? Let me spare you the math. A lot. If your business was closed for a full day a week, you'd have to reorient your entire budget. If the company you worked for had to close down shop for a full day every week and did that for like indefinitely, that would change some things in the budget. That would change some things about how your workplace operates. And yet, I'm not making a correlation between chicken and, and Sabbath here, but maybe I am. What I think is interesting is they take a communal Sabbath as a company, as an organization. They pause. They stop. And yet God has some ways blessed their company for that. They're flourishing as they practice Sabbath. You may say, isn't that kind of an old-fashioned thing? Like, okay, businesses have been open on Sunday for decades. And uh, by the way, I mean, I don't read a lot about people practicing Sabbath in the New Testament as much. And, and you're right. It's more prevalent in the Old Testament. But yet, if you read Mark 2, as you discover Jesus' teachings, he actually calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath. He still practices this. And I think the invitation of Sabbath is one that he shares with his closest disciples in Matthew 11. If you have a Bible, I want you to just earmark this verse and go back to it later in the week. Matthew 11, verse 28. Here's what Jesus says to his people. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not asking you to just stop everything you're doing and just sit there in your chair and practice Sabbath. He's actually inviting you to take on a different way of life. Take off the yoke of productivity. Take off the yoke of, of hustle. Take off the yoke of busyness and insane calendars and put on the yoke of Jesus, which works hard six days a week, which grinds. And we should be known as Christians for being the hardest workers in any company we're a part of. Let, let's just be honest. That's our responsibility. But we also think about Sabbath differently. We practice a different way of life. We set aside periods of time to let God recharge us and replenish our souls, to reestablish that contact with Him. I think about, I guess, just the last couple months, and I've taken a little bit of time, probably like you have, and just processed mentally a little bit what's happened in our world. And I, I look back over the situations of kind of the first couple of weeks of the stay-at-home order to when it dragged on to the racial divide that's continuing to grow in our, cult, in our country as I look ahead to the election in a couple months. Like, there's a lot of things swirling around, but I know for all of us watching, COVID has taken things from us. 
For some of us, that's actual family members. For others of us, it's close friends. For some of us, it's been a job. For some of us, it's just been the sense of normal that's been disrupted. For others of us, it's a meaningful church experience. For others of us, it's just the stress of having to, to figure out, did I bring my mask to the store or not? Like, that's what we're living in. But here's what I've also heard from people just like you in our church. I've heard things like, because of this season, I've read my Bible with, with our kids for the very first time. I've heard people say that my, our marriage has gone deeper because we've actually had more time to just sit on the porch and talk, have meaningful conversation. Some of you have grown in your relationship with God. There's people that will be baptized this summer who made that decision over this stay-at-home order season. There's people who've accepted Christ during this season. And I celebrate all of it. Here's the X factor in all of those things. You got some time back. There were holy moments throughout this, and that's what the invitation to Sabbath is. But if I can just challenge you for a moment, here's what I know. Some of you will take on this new yoke. You will take on the Sabbath life. You will decide that right now, in this season, even though things are a little bit uncertain, I'm going to put an anchor in my relationship with God, and I'm going to practice Sabbath. Others of you will completely write this off. Maybe you already have. You will disobey God in this area, and you will miss out. And so I just want to encourage you, think about this. I'm not asking you today to just reorient your entire calendar for the summer or, or don't go on that vacation or don't take that new job opportunity. But just remember, when we Sabbath well, we remember well. When we truly rest in Christ and we set aside a specific time to just practice Sabbath, to recharge, we remember well. We find our stride again in Christ. We find the motivation and drive to go the next six days because we've stopped and we've paused and we've reflected and we've soaked in God's love on the seventh day, just like he did. He made it holy. And Sabbath has been made for you to reconnect with your creator. So I want to give you a challenge. If you want to actually practice this, you're like, yep, sign me up. I want to learn that kind of lifestyle. I want to challenge you to do one simple thing. I want you to look at your calendar for the next week. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you're in the middle of a big work project. Maybe your kids are full to the brim with activities for this week as things are opening up. What I want you to do is set aside a six-hour period. Now, let's be honest. That may feel completely unattainable for you. I want, I want to challenge you to find it. Six-hour period of time, and I want you to do the thing that most helps you connect with God. Now, I know for some of you, that's being in the woods. For some of you, it's being attacked by deer flies in the woods, and you should go do that. Okay, that's not me. But you, if you want to go be that person, you go be that person. Maybe for you, it's sitting on your back deck and reading a devotional book, a, a scripture. For some of you, I know you're more relational. You need to go meet with somebody. You need to get ice cream with somebody. You need to grab some coffee or maybe get on FaceTime for an hour with a good friend who, who fills you up and draws you closer to God. Others of you, it'll just be the commitment to show up to our service on the 12th. You need to set aside Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon to spend time with God and be in community with other people. I'm going to take this challenge with you. Next Saturday, I've got a six-hour period of time I'm going to set aside to make sure 
I'm not just binging Netflix. I'm not just spending money on Amazon, but I'm actually resting and recharging so that I can do the next six days more, more connected to my heavenly father. That's his hope for you. That's why Sabbath is critical. And if we fail to Sabbath, we will fail to remember. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that you would help us in this. We literally are completely dependent on you. Without you and without a meaningful Sabbath, we will drift into independence. And God, that is not what I want. I'm trusting that on the other side of this camera, that's not what others want. And God, our prayer is that you'd make us dependent on you again. That you'd free us from the grip of, of busyness. You'd free us from the grip of achievement. You'd free us from the grip of consumption and materialism. God, I pray that as we practice this Sabbath period over the next couple days, that you would meet us in that place. You'd help us to remember you. In Jesus' name, amen.